Hey everyone, Zach Dixon here, and welcome to our 39th episode of Animalators. Curious conversations from the world of animation. Today on the show, we have the very talented Dave Chanel, an illustrator, animator, developer, and musician currently working at Google. Today, we talk about his experience so far working at Google, his adventures creating an indie game studio, and how he finds time and creative energy to make and deliver projects across so many mediums. I'm excited to get into all of this and more on this week's episode of Animalators. Well, Dave, thanks so much for, for being willing to come on the show. For sure. Thanks for having me here. Yeah. So uh, I understand right now you um, work at Google, and, and I'd like to start there. I mean, you, you, have, you, are, you have so many interests, so many talents, um, and I'm excited to get into all of them. But let's start there. So um, how long have you been at Google? And kind of tell us what uh, your role is at, at Google. Sure. So I joined Google about six months ago. And I'm on well, one of the motion teams. There's, there's a couple different motion teams at Google. And I'm uh, working with Adam Pluff. I know nice. he's, been, he's been on the show before. Yeah. And uh, it's, pretty, it's a pretty cool team because we work across Google uh, products. So we've, uh, you know, I've only been here six months and motion kind of touches everything. So I've already, you know, done a little bit with hardware and software and, and VR and like mobile apps and prototyping and tools. So it's like, it's really cool because it's flexible and you can kind of choose where you want to get involved, which, you know, I really like. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And it, but it seems like, I mean, with that kind of um, eclectic nature, like moving across, you know, different, uh, different projects within Google, are you, I mean, obviously you do motion, but you're also an illustrator, you have some development um, background, like, are you kind of able to use all those different skills in, in your day job? Or is it like, is it pretty much a lot of animation? Yeah, I think I'm still, I'm still trying to figure that out. Because I, I have done you know, some development here and I have done some illustration. Um, so I think, I think Google's such a big organization that it, it takes a little bit of time to see, you know, where you can be most helpful and what skills you should use and what, what skills are, you know, better left to other people. So that's been a really interesting process figuring that out. Yeah, definitely. Did you kind of have like, what, what were your kind of expectations coming in to Google? Oh, I honestly had had no, no idea. This was my first, you know, actual job like as an employee of a company. So, you know, I just I thought it was cool. It's so massive and it's, it has its own culture and its own nuances. So I was just you know wide eyed and uh, trying to take as much in as possible. Yeah, definitely. So, did you have a like a contact there? Like, kind of how how did you land the gig? How did you come across it? Uh, it was actually it was through Adam. Um, we oh, nice. met. We met on the internet, like a lot of, like a lot of people in this industry. And uh, yeah, he he had been been working on there, doing doing After Effects tools, and it just kind of naturally happened from there. Yeah, that's rad. Um, okay, sweet. So let's let's just jump jump right back in time. So I understand you you started out at, at Syr Syracuse in in New York. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about school? Like, what did you go to school for? Um, did you kind of have interest in in animation at the time? Yeah. What what were you studying? Yeah. So I uh, I studied it, I, information studies. I guess is the technical name for the degree, but it was kind of a open ended. 
you know, you could kind of pick and choose what you, you know, because information studies is so broad. And I had a, uh, I had a lot of roommates that were in the art program. So I would take, you know, I would learn a lot from them. It's actually really cool how much you can, you know, pick up from somebody else just by, just by living with them and, and seeing what they do and what they learn. So I took a few art classes and then, you know, just was doing, uh, like trying to learn programming in my spare time. And then that, that just kind of really worked out afterwards. Cause I did a transition to a, you know, right after college, I did a startup, like a gaming startup with, with one of my roommates and we just went from there. So what was your kind of desire to get into coding at that point? Was it like with games in mind or was it just kind of a, like a fun hobby or like, what was the, what was the goal? Yeah, I actually wasn't, I wasn't super interested in programming. Like I didn't like it. Um, but I just kept running into it. Like, for things I wanted to do, it would be like, oh, well, if I knew how to program, then I could do this. So I kind of put it off for a while because I was like, you know, all this typing and logic and thinking, you know, I don't really want to get into into all that. But then, you know, after a while, it's just like, well, okay, if I just if I just knew how to do this stuff, I could, you know, do all these cool things. So I think it was it was mainly the projects and the creative ideas behind them that kind of drove the desire to learn that. Yeah, like what were what were some specific projects that you were kind of tinkering around with in in college, kind of in those early days? Yeah, so the the first one was what eventually became the startup. It was Graph Fighters, and uh, the idea was you could uh, doodle a character on a piece of paper. You could take a picture uh, on your phone of the character, and then the character would come to life on your phone. Like it would you know separate from the paper, and it would animate. And you would have like your own, almost like a user-generated Pokemon type of thing. Oh, wow. And I didn't know enough at the time about how hard that was. So, um, (laughs) you know, I was super naive. So I just kind of dove in head first. And then, you know, like three years later came out of it (laughs) with like a failed startup. But like we got the whole thing working and I figured out how to, how to code through that and like banged my head against all the hard problems that are involved in that. So it was a really good, like first attempt of like how, how hard all this stuff is. Yeah. That's, that's so interesting. So like, I mean, I, I'm going through like a bit, a bit of this myself and have been for like the past few years. Like I've had a, a game idea for a while and then it's just like, oh, like this shouldn't be too hard. And then like you get a prototype up and running like that wasn't too hard. And then it's just like and then it's like three years later and you're just like, whoa, like there's so much that goes into this. This is kind of unbelievable. Um, but I guess it's kind of nice because like if you knew all the stuff that you didn't know, you maybe wouldn't have done it. Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah, you'd never do anything. Like <laughs> the more knowledge you get, the more you you know are cautious to approach things. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so where did that? I mean, you said you had some like roommates that like did they kind of enter into this venture with you, this kind of game startup. Yeah. So uh, Eric Kleckner, my uh, he's my college roommate, and he's my business partner with the startup. We kind of did everything together, and then. You know, afterwards we freelanced together as just kind of like a tag team freelance duo for six years. So we've kind of been doing it together for for a while, which is awesome. 
Yeah, very cool. So, so like you said that this was, I mean, so this Graphiters um, video game startup was kind of a three-year-long thing. Did you guys go out and get funding? Did you kind of have your own savings? Or were you doing some some like jobs on the side to kind of keep things going and, and pay the bills? How did you how did you kind of make that happen? Yeah, so we we um, Syracuse had a like an incubator program that was attached to the school. So we we did that. And then we also we also did side freelance work to fund it, and then we also raised funding uh, from an investor, and we we hired I think two or three people at at some point. So it was it was you know it was pretty cool, and we gave it you know a solid try. But it was a uh, it was right in the time when everything was changing. Uh, we made a flash game at first because that was that was a thing still back then, and then oh yeah. And then it, that, that was right when the phone, you know, the iPhone kind of took off. So we kind of had to transition <laughs> to that. So that was a whole yeah. other thing. But yeah, we learned oh, wow. a lot of lessons. No, definitely. And like, so what was the pitch? Like, what was the pitch at that time? Because obviously, I mean, get, getting someone to give you money to, to hire people and, and run for three years. I mean, that, that is not a, a small amount of money. Um, and convincing people to give you money is, is pretty difficult. Like, did you, did you feel like, were you the one doing the pitches? Yeah, we... Um, we just kind of pitched it as a as just exactly what it is, and gaming was. There were some games at the time that were doing really well, making money, like taking off. I think like Farmville was like a thing, so investors were interested in in gaming, and uh, we did a Kickstarter project. We just kind of pitched it as like a you know passion project and like a user generated Pokemon. Uh, kids really loved it, like. Yeah, I remember we uh, we did a little event uh, where we got a table, like at a gaming conference, and it was really cool to see because we all we had at our at our table was just pen, uh, pens, pencils, paper, and our computers, our laptops, and we would be right next to like Blizzard with their like million dollar booth and like all his stuff. But our table was like packed with kids because they just wanted to draw. So it was. It was interesting. So, like, tell me. So, three years, and then I mean, I, I understand you. Like, you obviously went into into a freelance career. So, I don't know. Like, retrospectively, looking back on on those days of video game startup building, you know, you, you've got employees, you're managing a team. Could you talk a little bit about some of the things that you you learned through that time in that period that you kind of taken on into your freelance and and, and eventually your now career at Google? Oh yeah. I mean, there's there's so much. Uh, yeah, that's learned a, from that, sorry, that's too maybe too big of a question, but yeah. I think one interesting one interesting thing that you can kind of like directly see that I didn't really notice, but it, you can kind of see it in my work was so we spent uh, you know three years developing this game and it was really intense. There was a lot of development. And it was like our dream game, and and startups are kind of like you got to go big. Um, Whereas, so then afterwards, after that failed, it didn't work out, and you see all these other games and other products making, you know, making money, doing really well, and they're all so simple. I think that was kind of the biggest takeaway because right after our startup failed, I just coded a like a little blur app on iOS over like the course of a week, and released that, and that uh, got featured by Apple, and <laughs> you know that did way better than the startup ever did. So it was kind of like, wow, the, uh, the work, you know, you put in doesn't always 
equal, you know, the the work the, the stuff that comes out of it. I mean, so much in the gaming industry, especially, changes like really quickly. I mean, the 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 current culture of like trying to sell a game right now is much different than it was, you know, eight years ago, um, especially with where the app store is and also even where like steam is and like the relationships you have to have for Xbox and PlayStation and all that stuff. But, um, still like a big part of it then I feel like even was like, you can make a great game, but like, you know, getting noticed like amongst the peers and also like having the, the, um, you know, the, the million dollar or not million dollar, but the massive blizzard booth, like next to you guys, like, I feel like that's a, that was a challenge then and it's a challenge now. Did you kind of, um, I don't know, learn anything about like what it takes to stand out in, in a pretty competitive industry? I think, yeah, I don't, I, it's hard to say like exactly how to do that, but I think, I think you just kind of nailed it. Like just standing out. That's like the main thing. And <laughs> that figuring, is the thing. Yeah. Figuring out what, what you can do as like a small team or if you're just one person, what you can do that, uh, you know, like these big companies can't do and what, like what you can bring to the table. Is it a interesting game mechanic, interesting art style and just like kind of going in the other direction from what everybody else is going. Like I remember there was an app, I totally forget the name of it, but it was on the top. It was like number one for a while and it was a, just a text-based story. I think it's called Dark Room. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that game so much. Yeah. And that was, that was incredible. Yeah. And, uh, so I think, you know, stuff like that is just, you know, the big companies could never do that. And so when you think about it like that, you kind of have, it's almost like empowering. Like you feel like you have an advantage because you're totally free to do whatever you want. So. Yes. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out what the name of that game was because everyone should go play it and make it to the end because yeah it's a dark room and man that game was so stinking fun uh, and they they made a um a prequel to it too i don't know if you played that ensign or no. uh, ensign yeah it's way harder and i thought the a dark room was hard um but yeah everyone go buy a dark room it like it just keeps getting better and better and better as you play it and it's super addicting and I was just like, oh my gosh, like you do not, I don't know. They, they figured out a way to make an interesting game and an interesting world just through like essentially writing. Like it was just really well written and like really, really well thought out and like not that hard to like program and code, but it was just brilliant. And I, I loved that. Um, yeah, I think that's a, like a perfect example. Um, yeah. Is there anything like right now that you're playing or anything that's like really got you going? Um, and inspiring you right now, game wise. Actually, David O'Reilly just released uh, everything. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> and that's just like a, a whole different level of amazing. That just kind of makes me like never want to make games again. But he's uh, <laughs> no, he's awesome. <laughs> he's like winning all the awards right now. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, I would love to have him on this because I I really want to because he like I mean he's an animator himself and like it's amazing to see what he was kind of able to make um, seemingly on his own. Was it just him? Uh, I think he had a team, like a small team, okay. but I think, I think yeah. there was only like one or two programmers. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So that, I mean, that is incredible. 
Um, so okay, so Graphiters is is kind of of closing up and 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 shutting down. Like, what was your next thought? Like, what was your? Did you have any inklings to try? You know, going at it on your own as far as like making more games, or were you tr- tired of games? Were you thinking of shifting to something else? Yeah, I think at that point I was. Uh, I think it was just operation try and survive, uh, like make money and do what I could. I also I moved to, right to New York City right after that so yeah I think at that point I wanted to work on after working on something for three years it was kind of a grind I wanted to work on small quicker projects so you know freelance was really nice for that I got a lot of a lot of different things a lot of variety it was exciting and yeah made a made a few apps made a that game powder yeah so cool um, right then yeah and that was that just like was powder just like kind of an after hours well, I guess I mean at freelance I guess it's all whatever you want it to be but it was just kind of like a something that you kept kept going worked on a little bit here and there or did you like b- break out some time and, and just get it done really quick No I worked on it like over the course of a year but probably only like four weekends <laughs> just like really spread out but it was weird because I was thinking about it the whole time I was like it was like kind of on the back burner and then but that, that game was actually really interesting. Uh, me and my wife went skiing, and she had never skied before. And she was uh, she didn't understand why people go left and right when they ski. She just wanted to bomb straight <laughs> down the mountain. So I tried to like explain it to her, like you know you got to turn to like stop yourself, and like gravity is pulling you down. But that's such a hard concept to explain to someone in words. So it was easy to like. Or easier to like it got my head thinking about you know how skiing works and the physics behind it and so I just kind of made prototype the game and then we me and her were playing it and it was just fun we just both wanted to play it so I think that's that was like the prototyping phase for that and once we I knew it would be you know pretty good if like I me and my wife wanted to play it yeah no that's amazing um, so do you build it in unity or like what what is your um yeah, what is your kind of tools of, of choice for uh, game development? Yeah, that was uh, that was built in Unity. Yeah, Unity is pretty much where I do a lot of stuff these days. <laughs> yeah, no, that may, was that what you guys were working on um, using for your for your startup as well? Yeah, after after we transitioned from Flash, we went to Unity. Okay, went to Unity. Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. Okay, so I mean. At some point, you also kind of switched over to starting making music as well, too. Is that something that you have kind of always been doing all along, or is that just kind of a newer, a newer kind of interest in in projects? You're always like you're always putting out singles and stuff on SoundCloud, and I see them on uh, on Twitter all the time. So tell me about that. Yeah, so that that's a funny story. So I'm not good at music at all. I'm not a musician by any means, but I think it's kind of similar to like the the idea behind a project driving you to to work on something or figure something out. So I've I've had this uh, short film idea, you know, that I've written, and so so much of it is driven by the music, and it's so hard to to kind of communicate, uh, you know, what I'm thinking in my head to a musician and have it sound the way I'm thinking about it. So. I decided, oh, my one of my roommates was a is a really good musician, so I started, you know, learning piano and learning about music production, and then that's just 
music's so fascinating on so many different levels. So it's, that's just been a whole, a whole rabbit hole for a couple of years. Um, but now I finally feel like I, you know, somewhat understand music to, to be able to want to make the sounds that I want to make for the movie. So it was a little three year detour, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, I think, I think that, you know, it's just fun to, to not have any idea what you're doing and to dive into something and figure it out and just be completely confused and lost and, and also not having any like personal, you know, like if, if that's not your career, if you're not a musician by trade, you don't make money by it. It can just be this like fun side hobby. Yeah. And, but I, I'm, I'm so consistently impressed with like you, you, you release, you like put it out there and, and it's great and it's amazing. Um, and I feel like that can be tough, right? Like it can be easy to dabble, um, with like, ah, you know, I'm learning to draw over here or like I'm learning to code over here, but I feel like you're, you're very consistently like releasing stuff, which I think that is, um, I, I think it's way more difficult than, than you make it appear. Cause so I don't know. Could you could you talk about that a little bit? As far as like, it's easy to start things and, and not finish them, and and you've figured out a way to 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 finish game projects, and and you're working on films right now, and you, you put out a lot of illustration work, and you put out music. Yeah, could you talk a little bit about finishing and and not just kind of letting things fizzle out? I guess because that can be really hard. Yeah, for sure. And I I struggle with that too. I think for everything every one thing I put out, I still have like 20 other unfinished things. Um, so I'd actually like to know some tips on that too. But I think, you know, just making a point to like get it out there, uh, you know, no matter in what state it is, you know, so if it's done, if it's not done, you know, even with some of the music I make it, I'll just throw it out there to see. It's also just, it helps you learn what, what people like and what people are interested in and what, also what parts about it they like. So I think I kind of just view it as research for, for people, you know, what, what people are interested in and what people, cause I think, you know, it's a balance. You want to, you know, make stuff that's cool and important to you, but you're also, you make it for other people too. So just to, to kind of see what they think, because, you know, some people make art, uh, make music, make, make all kind of stuff. And when you keep it to yourself, you know, it's just, you're the only one in the feedback loop, like deciding if it's good or not. So I think there, you know, I've been surprised by stuff that I, I think is terrible, but other people, you know, might really like it. So it's the way I view it. So, that, I mean, that's, that's an interesting thing. Your work spans across, I mean, kind of two different categories in that like you know music there's no client there right but but in some sense you do have it's more of your answering to the general public right and i think that's a little bit also the way that that games work too right like you don't at the end of the day you're you're in charge right like you you cast the vision and, and you decide like what is what and you are the final call right but at the end of the day it's you know the I don't know. It's 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 just general audience, and and it's made for everyone. And then you do client work as well, where it's like there's very much someone who perhaps is casting vision above you, or like ha- has a need that you are fulfilling. Um, and I, and I, I think those are very different types of projects. So could you talk a little bit about those those differences, and maybe how you handle those those different types of projects? Um, and also, do you have do you have a preference, or do you just love working on across both of those? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. I think 
I think just even being able to separate out which which are which and what you know what and I think when I was uh first starting out I would try to incorporate a lot of my own kind of artistic feelings and <laughs> design decisions kind of in into the client work directly and it would you know sometimes I you can butt heads with the client because you guys might have different objectives so I think just kind of realizing what what they're looking for what you're looking for and just kind of like having three different buckets or like three different hats that you can kind of like look at a problem from all different angles and see what they want and be like, okay, I, I can do that for them totally. And then I can do this parts for me. And then this part is for the general audience and uh, just kind of being able to, I think just recognizing those, those different viewpoints is, is really important. Yeah, definitely. And, and now you're even in a, I mean, you're at Google too, which is kind of this this massive beast of an an, an incredible organization. Um, yeah, and and I'm sure that you, like as you kind of bounce around to different projects too, you have lots of different like team leads and things like that that you're you're trying to like fit into. Um, and also, I, I am curious, like, how does your kind of like from the I don't know your like kind of public facing portfolio, um, you you kind of have developed this very beautiful um, illustrative style that is amazing, but I wouldn't say is like particularly Google um, and. It, could you talk a little bit about that and just kind of talk about your experience of like, you know, I think like I, I see you of ha- having like a, a really unique, interesting um, voice and style and um, and so does Google as well, too. But could you talk a little bit about um, the way those two come together? Yeah, um, I'm trying to it's still something I'm trying to figure out. I think Google is, yeah. is such a big, uh, big company and it's it's. Also, it's very chaotic, it seems, but but like organized chaos, you know, because there's a lot of different teams working on a lot of different things and projects can come up and go away. And uh, yeah, I think that's that's something I'm I'm trying to figure out right now is and, and also what is what Google is and what, you know, my personal work is, because, you know, like you said, that that style isn't really Google. So it's like. I think these are very good questions and ones I'm currently trying to figure out. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, that's great. I mean, and, and it's interesting. I'm, I'd love to also talk a little bit about your kind of, um, you've kind of got two kind of sides to your creative work. I mean, like there aren't too many people out there who, who love to code and like have that kind of, that kind of knowledge on that side of things. But then also like you've got the music side and you've got the illustration and the animation. Um, do you like that variety? Do you find that it's hard to learn on, on kind of all these different fronts? Uh, yeah, I, I do like the variety. Uh, it's definitely hard to learn because things, you know, in the programming world are always changing and there's all, all kinds of new stuff. But I think, I think not being kind of siloed to one thing is really, really fun. And you can kind of like hop the boundaries and, you know, the, the middle ground between design and development. Uh, I think, I think when I was growing up, uh, you know, kind of as a kid in, in high school and college, there wasn't really job roles or I wasn't really aware of them or like industry roles. So it was just kind of making things. There, there was no boundaries on where that began and stopped. So you just kind of take an idea and follow it 
all the way through. And I think, I think that's, you know, the most satisfying thing for me is, you know, having a, an idea, whatever it is, and then just following it wherever it goes. Do you ever feel personally or, or otherwise like outside pressure to, to specialize to like, cause I, I feel that in myself sometimes like, man, Zach, you need to focus. You need to focus on doing this, this one thing and just be really good at it. Cause you hear that a lot. Yeah. Like I hear it a lot. Um, yeah. Do you ever feel that pressure? I think I do. Um, and I think, I think it can be helpful to, to do that a little bit in certain ways or like uh, you know, we were talking about this before, but just presenting yourself in a certain way. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, as a specialist of certain things. So I like some of my online stuff, you know, people, clients were more likely to, uh, work with me if I was just an illustrator, <laughs> as weird as that seems, you know, if I, if my portfolio was like illustration and then all this coding stuff I'm doing, they might think that I was less of an illustrator if that makes sense yeah no it totally because does because I think you know I'm, I'm a little bit scattered all over the place so you know almost creating like different personas you know just kind of a, a, you know about this specific thing so that way you're specializing in a sense but you you kind of had the flexibility in your private life and like your freedom to to do whatever you want so during that kind of five, six years that you were freelancing, was that was that pretty much something that was on your mind as far as like what you put on your website? Because obviously you have these interests across so many different things, but did you did you find that it was easier if you just presented yourself as an illustrator? Yeah, and I think we, uh, you know, the clients, it was interesting because the clients would, uh, would respond, you know, and I'm speaking generally, you know, clients can be across the board and some are, you know, awesome and understanding, but I think a lot of them, you know, they just, they would want a UI designer and they want the, the main UI designer, like the best UI designer they could find. So if you're branded yourself as the best, you know, the UI designer, then they're going to go with you and same with, with illustration or with, you know, app programming or with anything, they just kind of want to see, usually they just point to something on your website and they're like, Hey, that's awesome. Can you do that for me? Yeah, that's great. So I, I understand that you've got, um, you know, you, you've got some a bunch of personal projects running. Obviously, music um, is something that you're kind of also you're kind of always working on. But I understand that you do have a, a, a short film running right now. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Tell me, um, you know, if you talk a little bit about like how do you make time for it uh, amidst some freelance work and and of course your your full time gig at, at Google. Um, yeah, and it, could you, I know it's it's not released yet or anything, but. I'm curious about it. I've been curious about it for a while. We've talked a little bit about it on Twitter and stuff. And um, yeah, how's it going? Where are you at in it? Uh, it's it's going well. I uh, I kind of was mentioning it earlier when I was talking about the music, but I I uh, you know that has been the biggest holdup because I'm sure you know, like when you're when you're edit, editing or animating something, the music is so important uh, to drive kind of the pace and the the feel of it. So. It's, and it's it's actually interesting it's taken it's taken many different forms over you know the years it's just kind of changed and uh so now it's like it's it's kind of the same thing i was talking about with powder it's just on the back burner always like in my mind happening but now it's at the point where uh you know i've storyboarded it out and it feels pretty good i'm writing the music to it and it's kind of hard it's something that i 
can't talk about in words because I'll just butcher it, but <laughs> it's just the creative process has been doing its thing in the background and I'm, I'm excited to, to finish it up and release it. Yeah. That's amazing. Do you have like a, like a target, uh, uh, release date for this? And, and is that something you try to set for yourself on your personal projects or are they just kind of done when they're done? Uh, yeah, if I give a date, I'm just going to miss it totally. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll say, we'll say done when it's done. Done when it's done. All right. Do you have like a target length you're shooting for or anything? Uh, it's not going to be super long. It's, it's, a. Uh, it'll be a couple minutes. So it'll be short. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I can't, I can't wait to see it when you start or when, when it's all, when it's all said and done. Um, as far as I, I know, you've done also some experience experiments in kind of VR, like interactive interactive work. Um, is that something that um, interests you at this point? Is is like kind of experimenting in, in VR? And I know Google does a lot of that too. I mean, is that something that you've been able to experiment with uh, at work? Yeah, VR is fascinating. I uh, I started working on it, let's say almost a year ago, maybe a little under a year, um, with uh, a company called Normal. VR in uh, San Francisco, it it was mind blowing. My my first VR experience was with the the founder. I went to some studio and borrowed a headset, and then I he he had me click a link, and I put the headset on, and he was standing in front of me like networked uh, VR, and he was like, "Welcome to VR. Uh, let me show you <laughs> show you around like with it within this app that he had built." And it wow. Was just, it was a pretty mind blowing experience. So from then on out, I was, you know, I think VR will be, will be a big deal, uh, in the future, especially in like the high end gaming world. So I've been doing some stuff on the side with VR and I've been, uh, just like my own personal exploring. And I have been, you know, trying to work that into, into work at Google because it, you know, motion touches everything. So you can kind of make a case for, for VR. Oh yeah, definitely. And I've I've seen like you've got some stuff on Dribble with like kind of rigging some characters and, and things like that. It looks it looks pretty fun. Um, and I'm guessing that's all like in Unity and stuff. Yeah, that was a I was designing a character in a scene um, in Unity, and yeah, that that part was fascinating because you put the headset on and you <laughs> just seeing people dance around in that avatar that they, they <laughs> <laughs> like you think your arms are all jiggly and people move in ways that you would never see them move otherwise. <laughs> oh, wait, those are all, I guess I did not realize, I thought that was an animation, but that's actually like real time, like them moving controllers. Yeah, so. Oh, that's so cool. So yeah, we one experiment we would do is we'd put a, a mirror in VR, like in Unity, so you could just see yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, dance, oh, that's cool. and then just... I would anybody who would come over I would give them the headset and tell them to try it out and if you know they didn't want to take the headset off and they were just dancing like we we spent so much time just recording like hilarious dancing videos it was a blast yeah, that's amazing um what is kind of all of this um leading to for you as far as like I mean I mean you've acquired so many different skills and, and are obviously still growing in, in all of them. Yeah. Like what, what, what do you kind of see, see in your future? What, what types of projects do you think you'll be working on in the next, um, five, 10 years? Whew. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, uh, <laughs> I actually intentionally tried to not plan that kind of stuff. Um, my wife 
gets mad at me a lot about that. But um, yeah, I think just, you know, diving in deep into whatever um, I kind of happen to be into at the moment has, has, uh, has worked out. And sometimes, uh, you know, when you're planning too much, that can be a battle because you're, you're like, oh, I don't want to dive into this thing because that's not the plan I've set for myself. So yeah, I think right now, and you know, I'm, it's super open-ended, and I think just being as interested as I can be in, you know, as many different things or even a few things, and just like go all in on them is is kind of my focus. Yeah. What's your like? What's your right now interest? Like, what is? Do you have like specific things that are consistently like kind of the forefront of your creative brain? It, it changes. I feel like I have really <laughs> yeah focus problems at the moment, but. I think, like recently, I've been into uh, music, music theory, and oh wow, okay, yeah, and also the, this was like offshoot, but I just kind of got into it like over the past few weeks is synthesizer uh, programming. Oh wow, like Moog stuff or like uh, like Reason or yeah, like uh, just like low level software synths and audio programming. Okay. And you yeah. can do, I mean, there's there's so there's different frameworks and different different things. Uh, you can do a lot of stuff in Unity too, but just kind of the low level tech behind audio is is a fascinating rabbit hole to go down. Oh wow! What do you mean you can do it in Unity? Like there are synthesizers built into Unity? Yeah, there's some there's some plugins, some even some open source stuff. People have been doing doing really cool, really interesting things. It's it's pretty powerful. Yeah, that's rad. Um, that's uh, yeah. So, do you do you do a lot of your kind of music creation mostly on the computer, or do you have like a like kind of a MIDI setup and you kind of jump from there, or is it a lot of like kind of more programmatic, programmatically driven driven music creation? Uh, I have a like a little MIDI um, keyboard that I use and a little MIDI drum pad, but I think I, I like I spend you know a lot of time in the in the you know, production software and trying to make that happen that way. My, uh, my computer skills are better than my, <laughs> my music skills. Is there any like band in your future or like live, live music productions or shows that we should be, uh, buying tickets to anytime soon? Or, or is that not something on your radar? Uh, that'd be cool. Um, I don't know if that's in <laughs> the cards for me at the moment, but, uh, <laughs> Maybe one day. You know your visuals will be sick. Like you could you could really put together a nice a nice looking show too. So I feel like you could make the whole package. Yeah. That'd be rad. Maybe bring your short film in there, get some some like experiential design with Unity running. Who knows? Yeah, gonna have to come down to Nashville. <laughs> there it is. Yes. Get the music yes, career must. started. Um so what is your what is your kind of like work habits look like? I mean, it, do you, I mean, imagine you got a full day at Google. Are you a night owl? Do you do you get up early and and kind of work work on freelance and and kind of personal projects? Yeah, I uh, I'm a night owl. I stay up way too late, and I think I've just been doing that since since freelancing. So yeah, from you know when I get home, I uh, chill for a little bit and then start working until the wee hours. Well, cool. Um, so we, we try to end each episode with the same few questions. Um, the first is, who is your dream client? Oh, 
I'm going to say NASA. Oh, <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. I've been trying Space to, man. I've been trying to hit them up on Twitter. Just chirp at really? them and uh, <laughs> do some work for them. But so far, no luck. But I'm crossing no my fingers luck, but- one day. What would like? What kind of stuff would you love to do for them? Were you thinking like illustration work or, or something more um, animation based or something? Uh, yeah, or I just think, whatever. Yeah, I think anything. I think just you know, space is so fascinating to me that I'd love to be involved in the real thing. All right, next question: Your favorite animated film? Uh, I'm gonna say The External World by David O'Reilly. Ooh, <laughs> do you do you That's know such that a one? Good choice. Oh yeah. Right. No one's ever said that one before. That's amazing. I'm like fascinated with all things David O'Reilly right yeah, now. So yeah. that's amazing. All right. What do the people you love think that you do for a living? Um, so maybe like your family or, or relatives or something like that. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my wife's, uh, some members of her family, she, <laughs> they knew I worked for Google and somehow their their search page had been, you know, taken over by some virus or something had changed to to Yahoo or Bing. And they, you know, they were talking about how they, you know, needed to use Google to support me. Otherwise, you know, Google <laughs> would go out of business if they kept using <laughs> this other search engine. So they uh yeah, people just think I work at the search engine and am the search engine. So that's always fun. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, it's nice of them though to support your yeah, to support exactly. your your work at the search engine. So that's that's good. Loyal brand loyalty. It's important. It's important. Um, all right. Last question. What animal did you choose and why? I don't know if this animal has a name, but it's it's going to be a flying space dinosaur. A flying space dinosaur, that is the best. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably try and come up with a cooler name, but that's the, the general gist. Well, Dave, thanks so much for um, coming on the show and, and being so generous with your time. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Zach. Animalators is created by the team at IV, recorded in the Weld Nashville studio, and produced by Chad Michael Snavely. To learn more, visit weld.co and chadmichael.com. To keep up with the work we're doing at IV, visit iv.studio or follow us on Twitter at Identity Visuals. You can also follow Animalators on Twitter at Animalators to keep up with all of the new episodes. And be sure to check out animalators.com to see every animation from all of our guests. You can find out more about Dave and his work on Twitter at Dave Chanel, that's D-A-V-E-C-H-E-N-E-L-L, or check out his work on his website, thewaterbear.com. Our theme music is composed by Cody Fry. You can check out more of his music at codyfry.com. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and tell your friends. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and that helps more people find this show. As we continue to grow the show, we are now looking for potential partners who might be interested in sponsoring the show. If you have any interest in advertising on Animalators, please reach out and send an email to alyssa at identityvisuals.com. That's A-L-Y-S-S-A at identityvisuals.com. Well, that's it for today's episode. Be sure and join us next time for another episode of Animalators. Curious conversations from the world of animation. Animation.